All I wanted was to send a signal to Mars. How, how could I have known it would teleport you here? Whoever you are, forgive me. An alien, an innocent one, stranded on this planet. It was a golden age. Our Martian civilization was at the height of its peace and prosperity. White Martians came from beneath the planet's surface, bringing fire from the planet's guts, and they burned us all. Every trace of our once great civilization was obliterated. I lost my family, my wife, and my daughters. I was the only survivor, the last of my kind. I sought refuge on your planet. On Earth, I was hunted for 50 years. The humans are terrified of what they don't know. And sadly, I happen to fall into that category. Detective John Jones is what you might call my human alter ego. I'm not the only thing from outer space that's come, but right now I'm the only thing that can stop alien invasion. I dealt with these phantoms when I was a bounty hunter. I know how powerful they can be. I can't fight these fugitives alone. My name is John Jones, also known as the Martian Manhunter. Telepathy is one of my many abilities. I am a shapeshifter. Martian manpower? Flight. I change my state or phase. I'll call upon new powers. I'm Mars' sole survivor. There's a reason for that. I will defend Earth. The Vital Head of Yavan. A podcast for John Jones. Manhunter for Mars. His world. And the vile menagerie of villains he must confront. Available through iTunes. Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. To try and prevent a Martian-driven genocide of the whole human race, the Martian Manhunter sacrificed himself, splitting into several identities. In order to protect these individuals, John gave them false memories. They believed themselves to be truly human, with real jobs, tangible desires, deeply felt loves. And in doing so, he made them three-dimensional individuals, capable of making their own choices. John Jones, it turns out, didn't get everything quite right. The Pearl from Dubai, Daryl Wessel, FBI agent, Mold, John Jones's intellect given human form, Mr. Biscuits, 65% through Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, huh? Wrote on human fell over. Amusing. DC Comics proudly presents the Martian Manhunter in We Are All Different People. Rob Williams, writer, Eddie Barrows, pencils, Ibir Ferreira, inks, Gabe Altib, colorist, Tom Napolitano, letter, Eric Canetta, cover, Brian Cunningham, group editor, Harvey Richards, associate editor, Andy Corey, editor, Martian Manhunter created by Joe Samichson and Joe Serta. From an airplane window, Daryl Wessel notices that their flight is headed straight toward an enormous red energy beam that's striking the Earth. Leo, Daryl's recent companion, whose name was conspicuously absent from the list of John Jones's identities and appears to suffer from some sort of motor neuron disease, asks about a vision that Daryl had when he was visited by the core Martian Manhunter identity. Daryl had seen a vision of Mars smashing into Earth, destroying it. Leo explained. It was a warning, you idiot. He wanted you and his other pieces to scatter far apart across this world. Because if we placed all of John John's the weapon in the Phobos blast, it would complete the ritual. But you listened to me, didn't you, Daryl? You and the biscuit simpleton came to Donna, the crater, and the other parts of the coward are here, too. I can feel them. Wessel and Biscuits will enter the Phobos blast at the same time as John's other selves. Pilots, just fly into the red beam ahead, please. The red-eyed Leo is not only possessed the pilots, but also all the passengers on the plane, who pinned Daryl and Mr. Biscuits under a wall of human mass, on the ground at the crater in Ghana. The Pearl and Mold stand before the energy beam. The Pearl notices that the white Martians are mournful and not attacking. Mold explains, They want us to enter the portal willingly. This is the culmination 
execution of their plan. They created the weapon, the Martian Manhunter, using an amalgam of the greatest technology at their disposal and Martian blood magic. They sullied themselves, their principles, necessary sacrifice for the greater good. Do you know how many Martians agreed to die in order to build John Jones? We are the condensation of so many hopes and futures. Born out of horror, yes, but for idealistic reasons. Martians are not monsters. They are a culture of higher learning, of art, of science. But they became monsters, embraced ancient blood magic, damning themselves for the greater good. They just want to bring the living Mars back. All you have to do is step through this portal, both of you, and Mars, and all of Syria Mugger, all those innocent souls who did not deserve to die could live again. Please, for one world to live, and another has to die, that is the blood that is cost. Earth will become the life of sterile rock. Mars will breathe again. You cruel bastards. You did this. You created us to be this. This is too much. Too much weight to put on one's soul. No matter how many personalities we split ourselves into. It's all right, Molt. I don't care if I'm John Jones or I'm my own person or nothing at all. I know this is wrong and I won't do it. That's when the Martians attack. I'm sorry, but we no longer have the privilege of morals. And that was taken from us long ago. The text explains that the duo is overpowered. One's a girl, the other's an old man in a cape. There are no superheroes here. But then in a flash, the pearl becomes a female Martian form. I made the pearl. I was supposed to eat. Meanwhile, back aboard the plane. My mother on Earth, you remember her, Carl, the one you sent her because I asked you to. She grew to like the humans. She refused to go through with our plan, and so she fought me. She was a very powerful Martian, you know. She used her telekinesis to paralyze me. She hurt me badly, and I became stuck in this disgusting form. But we are to the portal now. I can feel Mars running through me, empowering me, empowering us. I'm free. I'm free. Malapakot is returned. Mars is returned. And the wailing humans just soon see their planet crumble and burn. Extinction is here. Cattle of Earth. Alicia will die. As Leo transformed into the purple tentacular form of Malafa'at, Daryl Wessel and Mr. Biscuits are similarly empowered by their proximity to the Phobos Blast. Crumbs and raisins. Raisins and crumbs. Excuse me, but did Sir accidentally add 200 grams of agony to the biscuits mixture? Because here it comes. Crack! Run, Daryl Wessel. Stop the plane from entering the portal. He'll think of something. I'm the Martian damn manhunter. I'm the Martian. Hit the walls and ceiling. Daryl Wessel uses his telekinesis to burst into the cavern and take control of the plane. Anyone know how to fly a 747? Unfortunately, he's too late to divert it from the Phobos blast. On the ground, the Pearl has successfully beaten the white Martians. Unfortunately, she's betrayed by Mold, who pushes her into the Phobos blast and then enters himself. Damn you for this, and damn me too. Within the Phobos blast, Mold, the Martian Pearl, Mr. Biscuits, and Daryl Wessel all appear to disintegrate and then reintegrate into a new, more alien form of Martian Manhunter. My true form. 
human or Martian, whatever follows. They can fear me if they wish. The Earth itself is enveloped by the blast and becomes a recreation of a once-dead world. Oh, Alicia, forgive me. Mars. It's the living Mars. I brought it back. I... I'm not a monster. Crack! The Martian Manhunter falls before a punch from Daryl Wessel. You just killed the whole planet Earth. And Paul Blart, mall cop. But you're damn well going to help us put it back. Somehow, all four of the Martian Manhunter's divided personalities still exist on this new version of Mars, and they are not happy. Hi, I'm Nicholas Prom, the host of Comic Reflections, a podcast devoted to Silver and Bronze Age comics. Join me and my spunky sidekicks, Jeff Barnhart, the crusty curmudgeon from Dogpatch USA, and Spencer Valadez, podcasting's very own Apache Chief, as we discuss the grooviest comic books of yesteryear. You'll find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at comicreflections.wordpress.com. What are you waiting for? Tune in, turn on, and kick it. This issue, I think, did a good job of doing a bunch of stuff that I didn't want done. I wasn't aware that Leo was going to turn out to be Malafa'ak until I saw it on the cover of the issue on the internet. It's not much of a spoiler because it wasn't really a surprise, but I didn't know until I saw it on the cover. Let's face it, Leo was the calculating, creepy manipulator. He was the most obvious guy to end up betraying the group. So obvious, in fact, that you're like, oh, they did exactly what everybody would have expected them to do. Okay. And I would say it's probably the best of Kaneda's cover so far. Leo was drawn really gross, so it's malefic, but it suits the characters. It suits the circumstance. It's supposed to be horrific. Still some swirly gray tones that are supposed to be the background. If I recall correctly, this is the last of the Kaneda main covers so far. So that's something to be upbeat about. The interior artwork on the issue is just gorgeous. It seems like Eddie Barrows has got in trouble a fair few times for introducing strong horror overtones into what's expected to be mainstream superhero books. I think horror works all right for Martian Manhunter's story, and he does it really, really well, especially the transformation of Leo into Malafa'ak. It's pretty darn gross, very detailed. I still can't get into that redesign of Malafa'ak, though, and I don't know, especially the coloring. He, he looks too much like the parasite. I don't know what's going on with this. He's really got very little in common with the John Ostrand Tom Mandrake character, so I'm not entirely sure why they didn't just give this guy a whole other name. I mean, literally, his motivation and goals are diametrically opposed to what Malefics were. It's also funny that Leo slash Malefa'ak mocks the group for collecting when the whole point of their existence was for them to separate, which was spelled out in, what, the second or third issue of the book. There wasn't a moment in issue five as I was reading it that I wasn't thinking, isn't this exactly what you're not supposed to be doing? You don't get them wet. You don't feed them after midnight, no direct sunlight. So yeah, of course they do the exact opposite in horror movie tradition because that's how you get into the situations that we're watching folks get out of. But I do sincerely hope at some point it's revealed that this was all part of a master plot of John Jones's or else he's just going to look like a moron. I'm also really sorry to see Pearl transform into a Martian. Of all the new characters, I think that Pearl looks the best. I enjoy seeing Eddie Barrows draw her. She looks like one of the many teenage girl sidekicks and surrogate daughters that John Jones has worked with over the years. She reminds me a lot of Gypsy specifically. So it bugs me that the one character that I was gravitating toward apparently isn't going to be around anymore. And I do not like Eddie Barrows redesigned Martians, any of them. They don't click for me. I don't like how they seem so biomechanical. They look like something 
something out of anime. I'm actually really sorry that the Pearl name and design was wasted on a character that's a extant facet of John Jones. I think that Pearl is actually kind of a cool looking character. I think that she could have worked as an independent concept. That's a shame. And I have to say the ultimate form of Martian Manhunter is awful. He's got like Batman style scalloped glove thingies. And I can't figure out if his head looks more like some sort of overgrown potato or a special edition Hulk Viewmaster or maybe some lopsided green breasticles. I don't think this is intended to be in any way permanent. I don't think anybody else is ever going to want to draw this once they're done using it. It's not good. As for the overall story, I was kind of hoping that this thing would wrap up in six issues. Clearly, they're going to take it to 12, but the situation's ominous. Three of the four Martian Manhunter personality aspects get good heroic turns. Like I said, good job from all the creative partners on this book at not telling stories about a version of the Martian Manhunter that I want to read about, featuring a bunch of characters that I think are way better than the former Aquaman supporting team, The Others, which is a book that I didn't buy because I don't have the loyalty to Aquaman that I have to Martian Manhunter. But these characters and situations that I'm not particularly invested in are being depicted in a quality fashion that appeals to people that aren't nearly as concerned about seeing Martian Manhunter stories as I am. Moving on to the sales analysis, issue number six dropped in the Diamond Catalog sales rank from 123 to 133. Sales of this specific issue were 17,038. That was a drop of 1,378 from the previous month. That sounds like a lot, but a lot of DC books had similar drops. JLU, which is a lame duck series that we already know is canceled, dropped 1,144 copies. Constantine dropped 1,103 copies. Red Hood Arsenal, 1,168. Justice League 3001, 853. Doctor Fate, though, was the king of the Deadfall, 1,470. A few books actually raised in rank, though. Sinestro gained 848 copies. That was the second time in as many months that it had increased its readership, apparently aided by variant covers. Catwoman jumped up 1,432 copies. It had had a precipitous fall the previous month, so it came out to zero sum between the two months. Looking at mainstream DC titles in general, the titles that are near below 15,000 copies are Justice League 3001 and Doctor Fate. Titles that are near below 12,000 copies are Bizarro and Batmite, which are already finished. Midnighter is also in that range. So taking a little look at the DC DCU sales initiative. The big winners are Justice League of America doing 52,000 copies a month under Brian Hitch. Robinson of Batman's doing 36,000. Starfire's 28,000. Cyborg's still doing 27,000. Black Canary and Earth 2 Society both 22k. And despite that drop, Red Hood Arsenal's still at 20k. Doing more middling business, we are Robin with 19k. Constantine the Hellblazer also 19k. Marshman is below those guys at 17. Justice League 3,000 115. The obvious losers right now, Dr. Fate, 13K, Midnighter, 12K, Omega Men, 10K, All-Star Section 8, also 10K, Prez, 8K, and Doomed, 7,000. It's already doomed itself. It's done with. None of those titles on the losing end are looking like they're going to continue past the big rebirth initiative, whatever that is that DC's about ready to launch. My hope, though, is that a book called Martian Manhunter will continue to do reasonably respectable business, and hopefully we'll see a new number one in the coming months if that's the plan at DC, or at least will be seen as more viable should they do a bunch of relaunches in the near future. But for now, it's not near the cancellation line, and I hope it stays in that general vicinity. Brother, there's 
Awate. My name is Stella, and I host Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. I, along with my dear friend Donovan Morgan Grant, are going to be hosting a special Backroll to Oracle episode called The Minority Report. I'm putting the call out right now for anyone that identifies himself or herself as a minority to have a discussion centering around this question. Are minorities portrayed properly in media? Now, Donovan Morgan Grant and I will be leading this discussion and would like your input. So whatever your nationality, ethnicity, gender identification, or sexual orientation, if you are interested in being a part of this conversation, please contact me at backroadoracle at gmail.com. This discussion will take place in early 2016. Heterosexual white males need not apply. Thank you, and I look forward to hearing from you. Ego betrays you. Will you not listen to reason? This won't end well for you. Demetrius. 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 Martin Gray tweeted of the Mary DC Martian Society, those folks who favorite and retweet on social media related to this podcast, and whose members would theoretically include the 108th Sage, Darren Ruth Sutherland, Dr. G. Nerdologist, Fantastiverse, Glenn Walker, Jacob Edwards, Cord Industries, Luke Dobb Walker, Randy Caldwell, Siskoid, Senate Alias Hearcrow, Trekker Talk, and Warlord Worlds. But, you know, Friends of Our Martian was already taken by Marvel. So, retweets came from Alan Middleton, Ange, Between the Pages, Cash Flag, Comic Reflections, DCU Movie Page, Joseph Crawford, Keith G. Baker, Mark Sweeney, Max Romero, Not Guano Man, Odyssey Unleashed Podcast, Ryan C. at Trash Film Guru, Scott Bachman, and Son of Cthulhu. Favorites came from David Golding Artist, Ed Moore at Any Comics Fan, at Teal Productions, and Ed Moore Jr. at Miskatonic, Inigo Montoya, Carl Disley, Longbox Graveyard, Mr. Morbid, Oscar Blue Devil Olalde, and the She-Pod. Plus, we got Follow Fridays from Comic Reflections, Darren Ruth Sutherland, Glenn Walker, King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun Podcast, Scott Bachman, and Trekker Talk. Between the two 60th anniversary specials and just general production delays, I've fallen way behind on covering your comments here on the podcast, so I'm going to try to devote a good chunk of time to them here. Catching up with older podcasts, Siskoid Road of Episode 15, Marsh Manor's 60th Anniversary Special Part 1. I didn't know so many comic creators who worked on John were robots, but seriously, a great collection of interviews covering almost every era of the Martian Manhunter. I loved it. Android of episode 16, which covered Martian Manhunter number three. Glad you are digging this a bit more. Like you, I was surprised by the reveal of this multiple personalities personas of John. Anytime I'm surprised by comics in a good way is great, so this feels fresh. I appreciate you are linking each persona with a different aspect of his personality as I don't feel I know all his history enough to easily link this stuff. And the art is great here. Wild and weird and horrific. But as I warned long ago, Barrows has a track record of getting behind on deadlines. I'm awaiting the new artist announcement. I am such a pessimist. Lastly, I know John has been called a weapon, but I'm interested in hearing what you think that means. Created whole cloth like a clone? Mutated white Martian that becomes green? Magically altered white Martian? Now that we see Martian sorcery? I'm going for mutate, but we'll see. 
personally, I think Eddie Barrow's done a pretty good job so far of keeping up with the schedule. I know he's only provided layouts on some issues. He's had some fill-ins. He will have fill-ins in the future. But given the level of intricacy of his artwork, the fact that he's hit a monthly schedule more often than not, especially coming in late on the book, it's been a pleasant surprise. And frankly, Barrow's artwork is my main source of enjoyment from the book. So as much as he can turn up, I'll be happy. As for my thoughts on what it means for Martian Manhunter to be a weapon... I have no thoughts. I think it's stupid. I hate it. And I expect it's going to go away as soon as uh, we're done with issue 12 or whenever Rob Williams moves on to something else. I don't think any other creators are going to pick up on that. I think that the classic continuity, as has been the case for most everything that DC's done since the crisis, typically reasserts itself. Martian Manhunter has actually tended to be one of the few examples of a retcon that has taken precedence over the original comics, mainly because most people didn't give a crap about Martian Manhunter until post crisis continuity took effect but that's what we're seeing on the supergirl show that's what we saw in justice league that's what the people who care about marshman hunter know about the character so making him some engineered weapon with no true friends or family who has been manipulating and defrauding everybody who's ever had contact with in the new 52 nobody's going to keep that alive past rob williams so just don't worry about it it's one story who cares also i'd like to point out that i really don't want to see martian sorcery i don't like that element being added to Malafa'ak, the idea of him being an alchemist, which implies going into some darker mystical territory than most of the Martians is fine. When you have outright magical blood spells, that's some Zatanna stuff there. That doesn't belong in Martian Manhunter stories. That's the one area where I think there have been so many stories about Martian Manhunter that have had nothing to do with sorcery, where he and his culture is contrasted against magic. It just doesn't work for me. Just like I don't feel like Superman works very well in a magical arena either. I think that's why Supergirl when she started exploring all that Judeo-Christian mythology in the Peter David run of her book, she took to that so well because that was an area that Superman doesn't work well in that she could excel in. But in this respect, John's too much like Superman. The magic stuff just doesn't work. It doesn't fit his character. It doesn't fit his stories or continuity. Toss it into the bin with the weapon nonsense. Count Druncula wrote, After a couple bad omens regarding the early creative changes and solicitations, it sounds like the current Marsh Manhunter series is turning out to be a pleasant surprise. Good to hear. Luke Dobbs' DC profiles are amazing. Amazing. So much talent and style and character going into each one of these designs. And Marsh Manhunter is one of the best. Can't argue with that. Kyle Pettit wrote of episode 17. Great review of Marsh Manhunter number four. I am still enjoying Mr. Biscuits. I like the light character amidst the dark tone. Siskoid wrote, So it's turning into what I call mercenary stories, where the writer's more interested in his or her own creations than the character they've been handed. Although some of these characters are John, that's a bit weird. Nice voice work, by the way. Of episode 18, covering John Jones' appearances on the television show Smallville, Luke Da wrote, I enjoyed your take on Smallville's Martian Manhunter. Even when I hated Smallville, I still loved it. Siskoid wrote, I think I watched even less Smallville than you did. And by the time they were doing neat expanded DCU stuff, I was so out of the loop, I didn't even try to catch it. But I would have smiled at that Oreo bit, that's for sure. The season 11 digital comic, however, was freaking awesome. Thanks for filling in the blanks for me. Spelled with an X. And wrote, I watched the first couple of seasons of Smallville, then left, then came back for the Laura Vandervoort Supergirl season. It was on and off until the last two seasons. So I missed the introduction of John and the sort of JLA episode you review. So glad to hear all about it. Wondering if we'll see John on Supergirl. Okay, now we have to set the way back machine to early December when Twitter was anticipating a new episode of Supergirl. And Ange noted, attention, gem sighting. Jacob Edwards wrote, if they get his appearance to me right, I think I'll be okay. I never thought I'd see a live action gem. Hashtag hanging red. Oscar Olalde said of Jim, it certainly wasn't Red Tornado 2.0, which is now the highest of compliments. 
Keith G. Baker tweeted, I do hope that the gym story leads to John. You think Henshaw will end up being John instead of Cyborg Soups? Cal Drunkard tweeted, I hope not for a couple of reasons. If he is, why would they use the name of another established character? And my second reason is I still don't like the DEO part of the show. I'd rather John be a detective or PI. Randy Caldwell tweeted, I only saw the last five minutes. One of the minutes was really important to our pro-Martian sensibilities. Did you see him? He's a tall, emeraldish fellow. Hashtag John Jones. Alexi Sargent tweeted, I'm not following the Supergirl TV show, but I might have to check it out now that it is featuring the Alien Atlas. Ultimately, it was Ange who first confirmed to me that the Martian Hunter was on the Supergirl show. I was editing an episode of a different podcast and hadn't seen for myself. Illegal Machine tweeted, Way to go, Ange. I've been waiting my whole life to spoil this for Frank and you beat me to it. Ange tweeted, I think John and Soup's hang out. Might also explain all the K-Tech and the DEO. Love that he can open up to Alex a little. Michael Bailey of Bailey's Podcast tweeted, Love what they're doing with John. This is a world with a history. The Superman line made me smile. I really want to meet this Superman at some point. Martin Gray tweeted, Wonder why they made Jim bad. That's Despero stuff. Yeah, I kind of think that it's a shame that they've made Jim an antagonistic presence in Marsh Manor stories, going back to Grant Morrison appropriating the character for Rock of Ages. But I'm sure the ultimate motivation is just that Jim isn't the strongest character. He probably can't stand up that great on his own. His miniseries is problematic, to say the least. And I'd much rather Jim get thrown under the bus in a fairly throwaway guest appearance as a villain of the week and save Despero for some really heavy-duty material down the line. And hey, look cool. I do want to ask, though, am I mistaken or did John Jones snap Jim's neck at the end of the episode where it revealed that he was, in fact, the Martian Manhunter? Because if he killed Jim and he didn't kill the White Martian, was the main problem just Kara's sensibilities being offended? Because Alex sure doesn't have that problem. And if John killed Jim, he was doing it to save Alex. And if he didn't kill Jim, well, I guess we maybe can find out at some future point why he's evil in this particular continuity. Getting back to comic books, Ange tweeted, Martian Manhunter sales stable at 17K. Book is interesting to me. Hope you are enjoying it. I'll wait till the merge back to one John. Understand what you mean, like Joe Kelly, Kara, unrecognizable. Luke Dobb wrote of episode 19, covering Martian Manhunter number 5 and All-Star section 8 number 3. Your Martian Manhunter recaps are becoming delightfully silly. When are we going to hear your take on John on Supergirl? Illegal Machine tweeted, DC Comics should send Martian Manhunter previews for Frank to critique. Just kidding, they won't because he hates everything. Randy Caldwell tweeted, those are some great reads you did for MM number 5 and Section 8. Keith G. Baker tweeted, Been enjoying the comic, but it's not John. Then again, DC stopped being true to their characters a decade ago. Siskoid wrote, That John toy is kind of fun and funky. I believe referring to the DC Super Friends rubber figure. Letting your reviews kind of wash over me since I haven't read a single new comic since August. Looks like you've lost faith in the current Manhunter title, which mirrors Rob over at Fire and Water dumping the Aquaman book. It's a shocker until you actually check out that title. And wrote, I feel your frustration with this title and it pains me. I think the book is interesting and feels fresh to me. Splintered main character, weird enemies, and this plot with a new Mars and bizarre time leaps. At the very least, I am engaged as a reader. That said, after hearing your review, I realized that while this is interesting to me, it might not be good for someone invested in John. As an exercise, I decided to see if I could easily insert other characters into the cast plot here. I could write the same book with Shade the Changing Man, Fractured, and Meta as the planet careening to Earth, run by a villainous suit. I could write this book with Amethyst, Splintered, and Gemworld crashing to Earth, run by Dark Opal. I could write this book as a warped hawk and dove, their personalities fractured, a chaos world coming to Earth driven by Kestrel. I could write this book with Zatanna, the warlock sending wise to Earth. 
In other words, the premise might be decent for me, but that doesn't make it a decent genre premise. As someone who suffered through many blighted interpretations of Supergirl, I feel your pain. Oscar Olalde tweeted of the developments in this series and solicitations for future issues involving the true official origin of the New 52 Martian Manhunter. Well, that sounds a bit too New 52-ish and ignores prior definitive origins. Finally, in a Facebook post, Chad Bokelman listed current podcast subscriptions include I Will Have Diablo Martian Manhunter Podcasts. Favorite question to ask creators is, how do you define the character of blank? I say you start a blog where you answer that. Example, MM. What is his personality like? What's his history? What would you consider out of character for him? Etc. Doing something like that is one of the many things on my back burner, but I've got a little too much going on right now. I definitely intend to do something like that for the Martian Hunter before his 60th anniversary is in September, though. So hope it works out and I hope you like it. Podcast listeners should feel free to leave a comment on one of our blogs, either the Umbrella Rolled Spine Podcasts or the specific Idle Head of Diablo blog. Both are available quite easily through Google searches. You can also shoot me a tweet at Commander Blanks. That's B-L-A-N-X. Thank you for listening.